later in my 20s, I started to think, look, there's more for me in this life than, you know, than what I was doing. And the advice, I guess, would have been just trust yourself and um, be nice to yourself. Even now, you know, running my own business and I have such high expectations. I want to help everyone. I want to do everything now. And I think just sometimes pausing and saying, you know what, you're doing really well. People all around the world love sport. From playing ball in the backyard through to the Olympic and Paralympic podiums, the majority of the world's population play, watch and enjoy sport. Steve Dart from Play Hard Sports gives listeners the chance to meet people from across the world of entertainment, sports and business who are affecting the way international sport is unfolding. So, with the combination of technology, passion and great people wanting to tell their story, it gives rise to Play Hard Sports Behind the Games podcast. Behind the Games podcast with Vicky Saunders. Vicky is a sponsorship expert, speaker, and author. Good morning, Vicky. Good How morning. are you? Good morning, Steve. I'm very well, thanks. How Thank, are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Beautiful day down here in Melbourne today. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely gorgeous. We're here in the studio on the Mornington Peninsula and just uh, soaking up the sunshine. Yeah, beautiful part of the world down here, isn't it? It is. It's where I grew up. Wow. Okay, let's get into that. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, where did you grow up, Vicky? Well, it's actually uh, it's an interesting story. Born in England, raised in Kuwait and Cyprus, and then came to Australia with a very posh English accent, which, as you can hear, went, and it went very quickly because I got picked on. Okay. <laughs> hey, let's, let's go back and try and relive that, uh, that accent. Give us a little uh, tester of how that was. Um, if you can imagine the Queen, that was it, and I can't do it on okay. radio. It's okay. too embarrassing. <laughs> no problem. Um, you've always been into art and music. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, um, it's interesting. All my life I had this uh, real passion for uh, being creative, thinking creatively, doing creative things, and I always thought that I would end up doing that as my career. It just felt like it was what I was, I was destined for. And uh, I still have that passion, but it's, it's interesting, isn't it, how – we end up being the sum of our past, and it's not always what we expected. Sure. What music are you into these days? <laughs> these days, I'm really happy just li- listening to the radio. Um, if you'd asked me that in my early 20s, it would have been punk music and, and not much else. Yeah, wow. Played in a punk band back in those days. You did? Yeah. yeah All right. I had a very... Quick, let's talk about that. What yeah. happened? Um, so, yeah, for me, life has always been about uh, pushing the boundaries experimenting and exploring and really just immersing myself in whatever I'm doing. And at that point, it was punk music. So I got the mohawk, I got the band, I got the piercings and uh, wow. a few tattoos. Wow, looking at you now, I couldn't yeah. see that. Yeah, and I've, but I've always been a really happy person. So whatever I've done, I've always done with joy and enthusiasm. And that's never changed. So what I've done in my life, you know, my career and my personal life, I've always just thrown myself in and... You know, to some people I look brave. Um, for me, it's just about, you know, enjoying it and, and getting the most out of things. And I think if you hold back in anything, you're not going to experience it to the fullest uh, capacity. Yeah, well said. Okay, well, you've got a business now called The Sponsorship Consultants. How did that all come about? Exactly the same. Um, absolute passion and and fearlessness. So um, my background, uh, my career background was uh, marketing. 
So I'd worked in the corporate space for quite a long time and um, really loved some parts of that role, you know, writing convincing proposals to try to win bids and um, responding to proposals that were sent to me for sponsorship requests and, you know, doing a lot of creative thinking in that space. And uh, my partner at the time decided that he wanted to set a record on the world's longest marked trail, so he was a mountain runner. And what I did is took everything that I knew from my marketing career and supported him in his efforts to get sponsorship. It really, it's interesting, it just made sense to me. Sponsorship is just a relationship and you're looking for opportunities, you're looking at being able to immerse yourself in that and um, get the most out of it. And so it really, it was just, it was an intuitive thing for me to help him create those relationships and, you know, engage those opportunities. Sure. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I think a lot of people do think that sponsorship is something complicated, but it's actually not. It's just relationships. All right. Break it down. What is it then? How do you actually get sponsorships? Yeah. Um, So for, for athletes that are seeking sponsorship, I think the most important thing is to establish at the very start what it is that you want. Is it just that you want to get your costs covered? Or is there, is there something else? Have you got, you know, big ambitions either in sport or beyond sport that drive you? And really identifying your needs and your desires before you do anything else. Because you might, like any relationship, if you don't know what you're looking for, you might end up in something that's not what you want. Okay. Um, and then, you know, importantly, looking at what you've got to offer. Because sponsorship is about mutual contribution for mutual benefit. And so it's, it's really important to understand the value that you can offer as an individual athlete and person. Okay. You've got a book out, um, you, or you wrote the book called Sponsorship for Athletes. Give us some of the key points in what you were portraying forward in that, uh, yeah. that book. That book I wrote um, when I decided to start teaching other athletes what I knew about sponsorship. I decided to write a book. I'm, I do things backwards. Well, maybe it's not backwards, but I do things in my own way. So before being the subject matter expert, I decided to write a book. And through that process, it forced me to become a subject matter Wonderful. expert. I had to do research on stuff I didn't know. Yeah. In that book, it steps athletes through initially that mindset. So the mindset of understanding how sponsorship works and how it can work for them. Um, Understanding the concept of abundance, that there are thousands, millions of other athletes looking for sponsorship, but you're not in competition with them because there is an abundance of sponsorship available. Wow, that's interesting. If you know what you're offering and you know what you're looking for. So what's right for one athlete isn't right for another. Um, and, And then it goes through the actual mechanical process. What are the steps that you need to take to get to the point of having conversations with potential sponsors? And then, obviously, you know, signing contracts and, and managing those relationships. Sure. Let's just go back into writing a book. How hard is that to do? When you know what you want to say, even if you don't know the words yet or the, the chapters, when you know what you want to say and you believe it's going to help someone, I think it's quite easy. It takes time, but um, I actually found the process really enjoyable. I I found that I was learning and I was getting thoughts out of my head, but then exploring them further. So for anyone that's thinking of writing a book, if it's uh, nonfiction anyway, I think it's actually a really good learning experience. You don't have to be 100% knowledgeable on what you're writing about. You can, you know, figure that out as you go along. Sure. What sort of feedback have you got from your book from people that have purchased it? Yeah, I want to hear that. Yeah. Oh, it makes my heart go. Um, The feedback I've had 
over the years has been that it's changed people's lives because they've taken the actions that I've suggested might be helpful for yeah, them. Great. It's so humbling. I thought I was a bit worried. You know, I've got this, I used to play in a punk band. I like being on stage. I've always been out there. And I was really worried that when I started being successful in my business that I'd become arrogant and complacent. And it's had the exact opposite effect. Everything, every highlight, every success has actually grounded me and made me incredibly grateful for whatever reason, I've got this knowledge to share and it works when people take the action. And how incredible is that? <laughs> Execution's the key, isn't it? Oh, I love it. So, yeah, people. some people have just read my book and, gone and get, got sponsored. Others have then come to me and worked with me. Um, and just recently, we um, did a launch in Singapore of a co-branded version of that book for the Singapore community. So the Sports Institute and Deloitte saw it as a great resource to help athletes help themselves. Magnificent. Yeah, that was a bit special. And I'd love to see that replicated around the world with those kinds of um, organizations. It's, I think it's really good um, investment in their athletes, in their pathways, not just in sport but beyond sport. Sure. So who's some of the um, marquee athletes you've actually um, helped out? Yeah, probably people whose names you don't know. Okay, let's just um, mention them. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I think it, it gives you a good uh, overview of the kind of athletes I work with. Yeah. Um, there's Jupp Brown, who's a middle-aged charity runner who likes to run across and around countries. Yep. Um, there's Oscar Baines, who is um, a New Zealand uh, half-marathon champion. Yeah. Um, here in Australia, um, our number one ranked obstacle racer, Janet yep. Smith. Yeah. And um, who else can I think of? Um, over in America, I've got a few clients there, um, but I probably can't name their names because they're in the middle of sure. negotiations. Sure. Um, the thing with me, I don't work with the people who are earning millions. Okay. They're good. They don't need me. I'm grassroots Love to podium. It. Yeah, Love I'm it. the I'm the Mary Poppins of this stuff. Great. I'm there when you need someone, yep. and when you don't need me, yep. you know, I disappear. Um, the people who are earning millions probably do need agents and managers. Sure. They don't want to be doing it independently. And yep. um, the, the target, my real target market, yes, I believe anyone can get sponsored. I, and I've, you know, there's there's mums who are non-competitive who are now sponsored athletes because of um, the work we've done. The, the, the bit that really gets me is those athletes who are really, really good and they want to be better and they've got everything, they're very promising, but they don't have the money and it's holding them back. And it means they're in that danger zone of either having to get another job to fund it and therefore probably overworking themselves and getting fatigued and risking sure. injury and yep. being stressed. Or they're the ones that literally need to drop out of their sport because they can't, they can't finance it. Yep. They're the ones that I really want to be able to help yep. because... Money is holding them back, yep. and what a shame that in you know a developed country like Australia or America, um, that there's athletes that are being held back because of money. Sure. What do sponsors want? Sponsors want more than logos on shirts and endorsements. You know, there there is so much now with the scope of um, social media platforms and the different communication channels, and the way that companies operate. Um, both externally and within, you know, within their uh, corporate structures, that athletes can offer value that actually translates to dollar value. Sure. It's, it's not just a, a logo on the shirt that might make someone brand aware. It's activations that lead to yep. the business's objectives. Sure. Are the businesses looking for personalities? 
I think so. I think you've got to have a personality and you don't necessarily need to be a big, bright, shining star. And I think probably more than personality, it's attitude. So going in with a willingness and an open-mindedness, but also with a thoughtfulness. It's all very well to say, hey, I offer myself, I'm yours, do what you want with me. That's great. But what's really helpful is if an athlete's found out about that brand or that company, it doesn't have to be a big brand. It could be a a local physio or, um, you know, a, a supermarket. Finding out what that business is doing, what they're trying to achieve, how they're doing it through their current marketing activities, and be thoughtful about the ways they can further activate and enhance that. Okay. That will be really attractive for sponsors because they're, that athlete's showing that they're um, capable of thinking, that they're thinking about the benefits they can offer and that they understand the company that they're connecting with. Sure. Can you give any, um, any advice to the listeners of any companies that are actually out there looking at community support at the moment? Is there anyone in that space as a commercial business looking for upcoming athletes? Um, yeah, so I think... The advice I would give is to read my second book, which (laughs) which is is The Ultimate Guide to Sponsoring Athletes. Great segue. Yeah, I know. Thank you for that. I think that was an accident, but great. Um, And I'd really encourage all types of businesses to consider athlete sponsorship as um, an enhancement of your marketing activities. They're a wonderful conduit between you and your target market. It's very hard for people to emotionally connect with a brand, with a logo, with a product. But if you put a person there as the personification of that brand and the storyteller and the relatable person that they go, well, if that product works for that person, it might just work for me, um, that it can be a lot more influential. And these days, people don't like being sold to. We don't want to be sold to. We want to feel like we've been given information and entertainment and um, a real experience and that we then choose to spend our money on that product or service. So the experiential um, offering of, a, of an athlete that you sponsor can really guide people towards sales. Wonderful. Because that's, well, that's why businesses it, exist, exactly isn't it? Exactly right, yeah. exactly. You've been travelling a bit over to America. What have you, have you been doing over there? Yeah, um, I've been in America speaking at events and also speaking at universities. I was at San Diego University last month yeah. speaking with their sports management MBA students. What I'm really loving about this space of athlete sponsorship is that there's so many opportunities to educate from different angles. Let's educate the athletes. Let's educate the institutions that they're part of um, and the brands that sponsor athletes. But let's also start to help those entering the sports business environment understand how athletes of almost any level in any sport can be great investments for sponsors. And I think it really creates an environment of um, thinking a little bit differently and, and changing how sponsorship used to be to how it should be. You know, it used to be if you were number one or number two, you got sponsorship and you had to wear their logos and turn up for the occasional photo shoot. Yep. Now it's more about getting them involved um, within the businesses. So you keynote speak as well. Are you getting many... Um, at- uh, activations because you're a woman? Like, is, is there a market there for women keynote speakers? Um, do you know, it's interesting. I've got, I um, am quite connected with a lot of speakers here in Australia, and there's a whole heap of men who are boycotting any all male panels or events. They will not stand up and speak at events where there's no women speaking. 
Um, I don't, I don't personally um, play the feminist card, um, but I certainly believe that there's a lot of women who are capable of speaking, and for whatever reason are not being engaged. And I'd love to see that change more. I put myself out there. I never yeah. say, "Hey, I'm a, I'm a woman." But I say, "Hey, I'm an expert in athlete sponsorship. Yeah. I'd love to speak at your event." Yeah. So it's. I, I'm not a finger pointer. I'm an action taker. Like, yep. who cares whose who's fault it is? Let's change it together. So it's about taking that positive action. Yeah. Don't point out the problem, but make yourself the yeah. solution. Look, meritocracy, if you're good, you'll get the gear. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, okay, so what else has been going on in the States at the moment? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so America's quite different to Australia in terms of sponsorship. If you're a college athlete over there, you actually aren't allowed to get sponsorship. So there's... There's um, some areas where the athletes don't really need sponsorship until they need it, like until they finish college. Um, but there are a lot of other athletes. I'm, I'm going over to speak um, with the Olympic Committee um, on behalf of the Olympic Committee uh, later this year to wow. all the athletes who've come back from the Olympics. Wow. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to um, help them because I think some of them will be continuing, but some of them are going to be ending their careers. You know, they've done their second or third Olympics and they're on their way out of high level sport. Right. And it'll be really great to be able to share with them how sponsorship can help that transition in terms of developing skills, developing networks, connecting with opportunities for careers after sport. And it's, it's the same anywhere. I, you know, I travel literally all around the world speaking and, and educating. And it's the same. Sponsorship has so much more to offer an athlete than just covering costs yep. or boosting their profile. It's the, the long-term benefits. If you look at someone like Kerry Potas, she was a, a volley, beach volleyball player. Um, her and Natalie Cook won gold at the Sydney Olympics. Yep. She's still sponsored by Bolle, 27 years. Wow. And she has a great relationship with them and they still you know, support her. And, sure. Um, I don't think you necessarily need to stay sponsored forever, yep. but those those relationships that you're building and nurturing yep. as a sponsored athlete can have profound and wonderful impacts on your life moving forwards. Yep. So product placement as well as um, engaging in seminars. What else do they? What do the, does Kerry do? Um, I'm not sure what she does now, actually. But I know um, I know I've got other athletes um, that I work with. Uh, one of them, actually, Oscar Baines from New Zealand. Yep. He was first sponsored by a a store who gave him some shoes for free. Right. He then went on to really give back to them. And when we worked together, it was about, you know, identifying the business needs and, and really hitting their hotspots. He was then offered a job with them working in their marketing team. He now manages their team of sponsored athletes and um, has bought one of the, I think, the flagship store of their, their um, or they've got a lot of stores around That's New perfect. Zealand. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. And I think I love seeing stuff like that where, um, the relationship really develops in, in a natural way um, for everyone's benefit. Sure. Where has um, engagements with the athlete and sponsorships not always married out? There's been mm. a recent incident with Sharapova. Yeah. Did you want to discuss how? Oh, that- yeah. Actually, I brought that up with the students at San Diego University, sure. and we just had a we had a discussion. I said, "There's no right or wrong answer here. Yep. There's um there's a whole heap of uh, things at play. Yep. So is she guilty? Is she not?" The consensus in that room was who cares? We don't really care that much. Um, Not that they don't care about sport, but they didn't feel there was enough evidence either way for them to form a a clear judgment. So that wasn't the issue. Um, The the thing that we all really discussed in depth was what happened with the sponsors? Why did Nike and Tag Ur and Porsche drop her like a hot potato? And why did the racket company 
stay on board. Mm. And I said, what's the name of the racket company? And they all said, it's Head. I said, yeah, I know that now too. Yeah. Didn't know that before. Good I knew point. Porsche and Good Tagger. Point. And Good point. So what a great move from them. Was it because they'd had a great relationship with her? Did her dad know the owner? Yep. Um, did they love her? Did they believe her? Did they want to stick by her? Who knows? Yep. It'll come out. That's but, a great point. But it's so interesting. These are relationships, and it's almost like that couple that you see that are the happiest couple in the world, and then they get divorced. Yep. You think, oh, what happened there? Yep. Someone must have done the wrong thing, or yep. we make assumptions. And I think underpinning any sponsorship that goes wrong, there's possibly more than the obvious. And communication from day dot has to be um, you know, clearly defined how that's going to happen yep. and that their values are aligned. Yep. Um, so it can mitigate those wow. kind of fallouts. Wow, I love that. Hey, um, if you were uh, to look back when you were 20 years old, what sort of advice would you give yourself back there as you uh, <laughs> matured now? Just don't. Yeah, that just would have don't. been it. Just don't. Just don't what? <laughs> at tw- anything at 20. Jeez. Um, you know, I look back on my 20s and I explored life to the fullest yeah. and I really believe that we are the sum of our past. You know, p- playing in a punk band isn't, you know, necessarily behaving well. And, you know, the stuff that goes with that. Later in my 20s, I started to think, look, there's more for me in this life than, you know, than what I was doing. And the advice, I guess, would have been just trust yourself and um, be nice to yourself. Because I think we're such, even now, you know, running my own business and I have such high expectations. I want to help everyone. I want to do everything now. And I think just sometimes pausing and saying, you know what, you're doing really well. That's it. I think just being kind to ourselves. I think you're doing very well. <laughs> um, if people want to find you and talk to you in contact or, or buy your books, whereabouts would they find you? Probably the best thing would be to go to my website, which is thesponsorshipconsultants.com.au. Wonderful. Uh, and probably follow you on LinkedIn as well. Please do. I'm on LinkedIn. So it's Vicky J. Saunders. And you can also find me on Facebook. I'd very gladly accept a friend request. Wonderful. Well, we wish you well, Vicky. Thank you so much for your time today. You're very busy. And uh, we wish you all the best for your adventures ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.